Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com slash DSO. That's betterhelp.com slash DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com and I wanted to first, before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to remind you that I write books and you can buy these books from my website at dadstartingover.com slash books. You can download them immediately from my website in PDF format or an MP3 format or you can also buy them directly from retailers such as Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and even the audio from Audible. So thank you so much again for listening, and now on to our episode. Hello everyone, DSO here from DadStartingOver.com. Today's episode is Part 2 of Testosterone Replacement Therapy. Part 2, but an unexpected Part 2. I uh, listened back to my the first part of the testosterone replacement therapy, which I posted just yesterday. And by the way, since then, uh, that is that set the record for most downloads in the first day. So I don't know if a bunch of people were searching for testosterone or what happened, but man, that thing just took off. So thank you very much for all that listened. I listened to it and I realized, uh, hey, stupid, you just forgot like a lot of important stuff about testosterone replacement therapy. So I made a few notes and decided to do a part two as a follow-up because I'm sure I'm going to get questions. So let's cut those off at the pass and let's get to it. Um, I talked about some of the negative side effects with TRT. I'm going to use the acronym TRT, Testosterone Replacement Therapy. It's easier than saying all the words over and over again. Some of the negatives with TRT, I talked about uh, one of the big ones was your testicles shrinking. The reason being, again, your body says we don't need these anymore. Your testes are responsible for the majority of the testosterone circulating in your system. If you give your body testosterone in the form of a shot, in the form of a shot or a cream, your body will say, I guess we don't need these testes anymore, and they will just shut down. And when they shut down, they atrophy. They get smaller. And in some men, they actually almost feel like they completely disappear and go and get sucked into the uh, into your body other men they you know turn into maybe just slightly smaller a little softer maybe down to the size of raisins whatever they get small so what can you do about that it, in the previous podcast i made it sound like oh well they're small big deal to some men it's a big deal and maybe to your wife or to your partner it's a big deal they may be really put off by it 
there is a possible solution to that while staying on the TRT. Um, there is a chemical, a hormone called HCG, HCG, and that stands for, here we go, I'm going to butcher this, human, uh, chorionic, chorionic, yeah, human, chorionic, gonadotropin, and it is a hormone, HCG. If you've heard the term HCG before, it may have been um, in relation to women and pregnancy tests. A lot of the old pregnancy tests used to test for HCG. You know, the woman would pee or whatever, and if there was HCG in there, it was a sign that she was pregnant because HCG is found in placenta, and placenta is not present unless you are pregnant, obviously. But in men, when you give HCG, what that is doing is signaling to the pituitary gland, or it switches on your pituitary gland, if you want to say that. Again, I'm oversimplifying. I'm not a doctor, yada, yada. It signals to your testicles to start working again. It's mimicking the presence of a hormone called luteinizing hormone, or you will see that abbreviated as LH, luteinizing hormone. When that's kicked on, your testes start working again, and they make testosterone. So, you're injecting artificial testosterone, if you want to call it that, via a shot or cream, and then you put HCG in your system, and your testes wake up. Not as much as before, probably, prior to TRT, but they do wake up. So then you have the double duty of testosterone you're putting in your system and testosterone that your testes are making. So what does that mean? Well, there is a possible negative with this. Remember I talked about in the previous episode the aromatization, the conversion into estrogen. If you give HCG, what a lot of men have found is that that estrogen will spike. So, for guys out there that are on TRT, they're concerned about the size of their testicles, they want to try HCG to remedy that, please have an aromatase inhibitor like uh, Remedex. Um, some other are uh, Letrozole. Letrozole is kind of the, the granddaddy of all aromatase inhibitors. That's one you just take a little bit and man, it will flatline your estrogen in no time. So that's kind of an emergency thing when your estrogen is absolutely through the roof and you need something. Um, those are the two big ones. Uh, Remedex, uh, Letrozole, and I'm forgetting another. Oh, Aromacin. Aromacin. Again, I'm, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Aromacin is another one. Aromacin is a little bit stronger and it's preferred by a lot of guys. It's what you call a suicidal aromatase inhibitor. It not only, uh, I don't know how to explain this, stops your body from converting but it kills what's already there, if I'm understanding it correctly from my reading. So it kind of does a double whammy. So a little bit of aromacin and a little bit more, and you can also get flatlined. This is why Arumidex seems to be the milder, more popular um, aromatase inhibitor, especially uh, when it's dosed out by doctors and uh, testosterone clinics for their patients. Um, another positive of HCG, let me back up, another negative of TRT. Testicles shrink. Well, what does that mean? Well, obviously, what else comes from your testes? Your sperm. Your fertility. When your testes shut down, your fertility also shuts down. I have said before, testosterone should be sold to men as a, birth, a method of birth control. Uh, I know for a fact through my testing, went to the doctor, my sperm count is exactly zero. There is no way I can get my wife pregnant. For a lot of men, that's an A-plus good thing. For some men who are wanting to have children, 
that's a really horrible thing. So the HCG may, and I emphasize, may help remedy the situation while you're on TRT. But here's a big caveat. Most doctors, most fertility speci specialists, most urologists will tell you, oh, you want to have children? Number one thing you have to do is get off of the testosterone. A lot of them will say you're just going to be banging your head against the wall, trying to restart testes. Basically, you're giving yourself HCG. It wakes up your testes and says, well, I guess it's time to start making testosterone and some sperm. And then you reintroduce testosterone again as well let's shut down the sperm production back and forth back and forth nothing nothing happens some men have claimed that no they can remain fertile if taking hcg from the beginning of their um, testosterone regimen so if you are taking testosterone for a year or two and then go oh man you know what i think i want to have a baby and then you continue taking testosterone and then take hcg your chances of regaining your fertility while on TRT are less than a guy who takes HCG from the very beginning. So what if you are one of those guys who a year into it, you decide you want to have a child and you do not want to go off the testosterone and you've been there, done that. You're not going to have, it's not going to happen. What some guys do and what a lot of doctors from what I read are ignorant of is that there is another uh, hormone called HMG. HMG stands for human menopausal gonadotropin. And if you want to super simplify it, you can think of it as a super HCG. Not only is it mimicking that luteinizing hormone I mentioned, but it also is mimicking a follicle stimulating hormone. Follicle stimulating hormone really gets in there and gets the testicles going and gets the sperm production going. And a lot of men, that's enough. HCG plus HMG while on TRT, that's a lot of letters, uh, will get the job done. But for some men, you got to go off the testosterone. For how long do you need to go off to regain fertility? That varies man to man. And I've seen as little as six months, and I've seen as long on the internet as a year or two. You have to have a pretty good amount of sperm to get your wife pregnant. You need sperm in the millions. Pregnancy is not that easy of a thing, especially as you get into your 30s and beyond. So keep that in mind, guys, for those out there who are thinking about TRT. Is fertility a concern? Is your testy size a concern? If so, there are some compounds that may be able to mitigate it. Maybe, maybe not. Nothing is guaranteed. So a big concern of a lot of men, we're talking about introducing a hormone into the body. We're talking about radically changing the chemistry of the body that has a lot of cascading side effects that we've talked about good and bad, but what about the big C, cancer? One thing I hear again and again from men is prostate cancer. Won't the introduction of an increased amount of androgens, androgens not another term for uh, chemicals like testosterone, the manly chemicals, if I increase testosterone, won't my chances of prostate cancer go up? And that seems to be a prevailing theme you'll hear again and again especially from your GP, your family physician, they will say when you go to them and say, I'm interested in testosterone therapy, well, there's some things to consider. And one of the first things out of their mouth is your prostate health. Where did this come from? Well, for many years, it has been a prevailing theory that men that have higher testosterone levels have higher levels of prostate cancer. 
and this began back in the 1950s that showed for men that had existing prostate cancer when they lowered their testosterone levels on purpose they gave them drugs that lowered their testosterone they saw that the cancer shrunk therefore testosterone must lead to or help prostate cancer survive or help prostate cancer thrive in, in the body. Since then, there have been a lot of follow-up studies, long-term, since the 1950s. We're talking about decades here. The conclusion, there is no definitive link between higher levels of testosterone and higher levels, or higher chances, rather, of prostate cancer. There is no connection, no definitive connection. In fact, if there's any correlation that the current long-term studies have shown is that there is a correlation between low testosterone and higher incidence of prostate cancer. Why? As men age, two things happen. Your testosterone levels naturally deplete. And thing two, your chances of prostate cancer go up. Now, that doesn't mean, whoa, that means low, pro low testosterone equals prostate cancer? No. But that's the only true correlation we have from all of the recent studies done. So, by all means, don't take my word for it. Go on PubMed, do a Google search, and look for um, modern studies on prostate health and testosterone. You will see much the same. There really is no connection, so you can rest easy with that. I can tell you from my own anecdotal experience, um, I've had the PSA levels tested and they have never changed whatsoever. PSA being the blood test that you can do to, to detect uh, problems with the prostate. Some will tell you that uh, that is not definitive. You need um, an actual uh, digital exam, you know, where the doctor shoves his finger up your butt. Others will say that's not even enough either. You need all kinds of uh, other scans and so forth. All I have had done is the PSA test and that has never changed. So that's all I have to go on for myself. Okay, how about heart disease? Heart disease, that's the next big, the, the silent killer as they call it. Um, I mentioned previously in the last podcast about administering testosterone. For a lot of men will naturally raise levels of estrogen in your system via the aromatase uh, or the process known as aromatization. Uh, excessive estrogen in your system can uh, tax the heart with all the extra water on your system. Blood pressure goes up all kinds of fun stuff, edema, everything else. But what about just testosterone by itself? Is, if I just administer testosterone, I don't have any aromatization, will that harm my heart? Uh, there was, again, some older studies that seemed to show a link between high testosterone levels and higher risk of heart disease. But once again, more recent long-term studies have contradicted those findings, and there seems to be, again, a reverse correlation Men with lower uh, lower levels of t uh, testosterone have higher rates of heart disease. But once again, as you get older, yada, 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 testosterone goes down, heart disease goes up. But also, lower amounts of testosterone correlate to um, higher levels of obesity, uh, higher levels of insulin resistance, higher blood sugar, all of which have been definitively connected to heart disease. So maybe there is something to it. Low testosterone, bad heart. So rest easy, heart disease, testosterone, 
not so much. There doesn't seem to be any definitive correlation. What there is, uh, one thing you have to be concerned with, is your red blood count. This is something that uh, athletes, specifically cyclists, have known, is that if they want to increase their red blood count, you may have heard of something called EPO. They will inject a substance into their blood, and all of a sudden, they're, uh, uh, where's red blood cells made in the bone marrow? will just start creating more and more red blood cells. And that in, turn, that in turn allows them to have higher levels of endurance on long-term bicycle races. Testosterone, they will also inject testosterone, these cyclists will, has the same effect. It increases the levels of red blood cells in your body. With your regular testing, and that is something I didn't mention previous podcast, anytime you're on any kind of medical regimen, do frequent testing. My testing is every, uh, how often am I doing this? Every, every three months. I'm taking a blood test, and that may be a little excessive, but within that blood test is testosterone, estrogen, all my cholesterol, everything else, in addition to um, thyroid and my uh, hematocrit levels, which is another word for my red blood cell count, and it has gone up a bit. It has not gone into dangerous levels, but it has increased. If my levels were to get into the high normal category, there's a very simple remedy for this. A couple of things. One. Make sure you're drinking enough water. If you're well hydrated, that tends to lower that number into healthy levels. If that doesn't work, you can do something really simple, and it sounds archaic, but it works. And that is, give blood. Go donate blood. When you have a high red blood cell count, think of it as uh, the viscosity, the, the thickness of your oil that's running through your machine is a little too thick. And your parts can't move freely like they used to, you know, using the car engine analogy. You know, the pistons and so forth aren't moving as freely as if you had a nice, thin, uh, synthetic oil running through your, your system. If you got some old 1930s crude oil versus some uh, synthetic Mobile One oil, think of it that way. You want the synthetic Mobile One. It's nice and thin, keeps everything lubricated, but it's it's not sticking around where it's not supposed to. So that is something you want to you keep an eye on. As far as heart health, that's pretty much it. Watch your red blood cell count or hematocrit along with everything else I mean check out all your numbers do the complete blood test I do it every, every three months maybe it's a little much but it gives me the peace of mind that everything's going well and for me so far knock on wood everything has been a-okay um, my blood pressure my lipids everything has actually improved a little my hematocrit has never gone into dangerous territory testosterone estrogen everything is fine Last time I kind of glossed over the whole uh, sexual side effects, meaning um, uh, impact on the bedroom. So let's get into a little bit of the nitty gritty with that, because uh, I know I'm going to get some questions on that. Uh, let's dispel with a myth. There seems to be everyone, I should say, I told you about uh, the testicle shrinking. Somehow that has kind of moved over in urban legend territory into testosterone or steroids make your penis small I don't know how that happened uh, but how it is the popular opinion is that steroids make your penis small no just your testicles your penis is fine in fact for a lot of men they will have improved uh, function in that territory uh, erections improve just because of increased blood flow um, some men because of increased estrogen or via Rimadex and other uh, aromatase inhibitors flatlining their estrogen, 
some men will have um, some erectile dysfunction. I personally have never experienced that. I've never had an issue in that area. In fact, just the opposite in terms of quality of erections went up. In addition to a new thing for me, not bragging here, but my refractory period between ejaculations went down considerably. In other words, I do my thing, I finish, I'm able to go, not right away, but pretty soon thereafter. And that was new for me. And that to say that makes you feel like a He-Man in bed, that's putting it mildly. That was a good, positive thing for me. Another negative that just came to mind, this is kind of a stereotype, but it is true, is acne. For me, um, I developed acne on my shoulders and my back and on my chest. Nothing grotesque by any means, just the occasional uh, one or two bumps here and there. Uh, but it was new, and I can say without a doubt my skin was more oily, especially my face, a lot of shine in my face. Um, I'm bald, I shaved my head bald, the head just shines like you wouldn't believe. Uh, my skin's very thick and oily, so I have to wash it quite a bit so I don't break out. And strangely, I don't break out on my face all that often ever, just my shoulders and my back and occasionally on my chest. So I have to keep that in mind. Some men I've read online have uh, theorized that that is a, um, a sign of high estrogen. For some reason, a lot of men online seem to think that high estrogen equals acne, so acne is a sign you need to kick up your aromatase inhibitor. I can tell you through my experience, blood tests have shown my, my estrogen levels were fine. I tend to feel better when I'm in my 20s, low 30s, level of estrogen. Some men like lower, some men like higher. For me, I felt great. There was nothing to be concerned with that was not out of range by any means, and I still had acne. And my acne seemed to come and go. I would have periods of absolutely none, and then it would just break out like crazy. So it could be um, dietary, and it could be stress-related, uh, could be sweating, could be seasonal. You know, I'm not really kept a log of my acne to see exactly when it would pop up and when it wouldn't, but uh, it definitely was um, triggered by the higher levels of testosterone. So keep that in mind. Another thing you'll read a lot about, um, is more specifically to guys who take steroids, is a thing that you'll hear called roid rage. The um, implication being, if I take excessive amounts of testosterone into my system, I will rage out of control. I'll just become like a caveman monster who's just getting violent and angry with everyone. I can say that yes, my aggression has gone up a bit. Um, not negatively. I'm just maybe not as much of a wuss, not as uh, passive. That's probably a good term. The opposite of being passive, I guess, is more assertive. That, that's a better term. Not aggressive, more assertive. But I can see where if you're a total asshole and you, you, know, you don't cope very well with certain stressful situations, Instead of meekly, you know, grumbling or whatever, I can see where being on excessive amounts of testosterone could make you uh, lash out and be angry. I can see that. There is definitely a a feel-good, I'm going to conquer the world feeling, especially when you're in the gym doing manly things, uh, when having sex. It's just, it kind of overcomes you and it becomes like a very, it, it, but it's a positive thing, for me at least. But I could see again, while some men who have aggression problems 
minus the testosterone. Once they go on, I can see, yeah, that exacerbating that. So in other words, if you're already a raging asshole, testosterone is not going to help. It's probably going to hurt you in that regard. But it's by no means like a narcotic. It's not going to totally change your personality. Um, I have heard of some illegal steroids, which are illegal for a reason, uh, not testosterone. They're all, all these steroids that these uh, bodybuilders and athletes are taking, they're all kind of uh, derivatives of testosterone. Basically, think of like a mad scientist in a lab saying, we have testosterone, we know what it does. What if we change this or this molecule here and this molecule there, add a little of this, add a little of that, what will it do? And that's been the, the uh, steroid industry for decades now. And there are some that, from what I've read, I have no experience in it, but from what I've read, have turned some men into near homicidal maniacs. So there is that. So be aware. Um, for me, fine. For every other man that I've read that's just on uh, TRT levels of replacement, not uh, super physiological levels, we all just have nothing but glowing positive things to say. No rage whatsoever. So talking about bodybuilding in the gym, what specifically, what if, what effects have I seen on my body since being on TRT, being a guy who frequents the gym? Um, specifically, I have seen certain body parts kind of come to life, really swell and fill out muscle-wise. The f primary first part on me that really developed were my traps, my trapezius muscles. For those that aren't familiar with the anatomy, uh, the traps are basically what makes you look like you have a fat neck. It's picture the muscle that goes from your shoulder up to your head. That You know, when you have that tense neck and you're rubbing it and, oh, I've been sitting on the computer too long, that muscle there, that. So that gives you really that very much that big, muscly football player athlete look if you have big traps. And for whatever reason, my trapezius muscles just reacted and they just grew instantly. Um, never did before. The next part of my body that really I always struggled with developing, I always had kind of narrow shoulders. I have very narrow clavicles to begin with, my um, collarbone. I don't have very naturally wide shoulders, never have. But my shoulders really filled out. My deltoid muscles really rounded out and really filled out uh, since going on testosterone. So that's a very, I can say for sure, thing. Arms got bigger. Uh, waist got smaller, meaning the fat around my belly came in. Another positive. Um, I have always had, I think, due to I've mentioned previously, my estrogen. My estrogen numbers were a little high on my uh, blood test before starting TRT, and I uh, always held. I've always held fat in my uh, butt area and my upper legs, and that went down a bit while on TRT. So maybe that was not so much of a result of the testosterone, but probably the aromatase inhibitor, which um, uh, fixed the issue with the estrogen and the fat deposits there in those areas, maybe the water retention in those areas as well. So for me, um, you know, if you just think about shoulders, the traps, the waist coming in, your, your hips and, and legs looking slimmer, you just look all around more masculine. That was my experience anyway. And from what I've read, it seems to be kind of a common experience amongst a lot of guys. A lot of older guys will just mention, wow, my belly fat went down, my beer belly. I can see my abs for the first time. My love handles went down. So it's a, it's a good thing. Testosterone in a man just really does a lot of very positive things. So I think that concludes part two of testosterone replacement therapy. Um, 
that is until I realize I forgot something very serious and I need to do a part three. So thanks so much for listening again. Uh, be sure and check out the website at dadstartingover.com. That's dadstartingover.com. If you like what you're listening to, please leave a review, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you again on the next one. Thanks so much for listening. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.